Yeah, welcome to Solid Dog uh, Blues and Roots uh, interviews here. We're talking with Van Walker about his new album, Ghosting. released um, third quarter in uh, 2020 in Melbourne, Australia and doing great things around the place. We lost our way When our minds replaced our soul And the land Destroyed for a petty wage Was unsustainable Yeah, so let's have a listen to what our band had to say. Thanks for giving me some time and um, to talk about your new album. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's great. Now, um, I've sort of been reading up a fair bit and having a, a good listen to that album. That's about the second or third time through. It's a great album. So, oh, thank you. It's a big one. Long one. Yeah, it's a 15 tracks. Um, yeah. And I've marked two, four, six, seven, so I'm going to have to trim them back about which ones I play. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. So look, it's a long time between drinks for you there, isn't it? I mean, you were very prolific in the late 40s mm-hmm. um, with your own albums and then obviously Livingston Daisies and others. Um, yeah. What, what happened in between time to um, take so long to get a new album out? Well, yeah, I was doing I was doing um, a band album for a few years there. And um, yeah. I think... Um, when I when I initially sort of went to um to do to record um some new tracks for a solo album, I think it was 2015. I'd just sort of gone through this um sort of sudden relationship breakup, and I'd lost a, a friend to suicide and another friend, and um yeah, it was a it was a really full on sort of time where sort of everyone disappears, and you're just sort of standing in the sort of um you're standing in the sort of wasteland of um the life that you used to know. Yeah. And um, I sort of continued to work and to tour and play because, you know, you, you have to. You can't sort of... There's not enough money in it to sort of stop and have a break. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I sort of kept going and um, I sort of burnt myself out pretty badly. And um, I, when I started to do some recording, there was a few songs that I, that I you know, thought... I'd like to put on the next sort of record, but then um, I tried a, a lot of songs out just to sort of see what sort of flew and what didn't. But um, yeah, after I'd had this sort of um, time off and I'd sort of um, got myself back together, that was probably a good couple of years. And then I sort of wrote more songs and then I could sort of see the record. I could sort of envisage what the record um, was going to be about and these new songs sort of finished it off. So um, yeah, it took it was about five year process of you know sort of starting it and then having a break and then coming back to it and actually knowing what it was going to be so yeah i don't really like to um take too long with recording because you tend to sort of overthink things too much but um this is just how this one turned out yeah well that's true i mean but you were doing other things in the meantime with goats piss goats i'll get a rod goats piss gasoline yeah, goat piss gasoline, yeah. And um, you're doing a pretty heavy rock thing there with um, with Jeff Lang, I think. Yeah, with the Heartbrokers. And um, 
we sort of me and Jeff knew we'd do a, a, a more of a, an acoustic record, but we decided to do a rock and roll record first. But yeah, that was all sort of done around 2015. Yep. And it was sort of it was after that it sort of been finished. That sort of this sort of um, period of sort of um, convalescence took place. Oh. So yeah, yeah, it took a long time for the for the um, for the Heartbreakers record to come out as well because of that because it was sort of right smack bang in the in the middle of all that and there was a couple of record label um, changes that meant that that record, you know, was recorded sort of in a day. Yeah, it took a long, took years before it actually saw the light of day. Um, yeah, well, only could, only could re- you know, in the last 12 months or so when it started being pushed around the place and I thought, oh, that must be new. But, um, yeah, I didn't know if that uh, had been done, you know, much earlier. And I yeah. Think, yeah, that was with Jeff Lang. And you started this album with Jeff Lang, is that right? Yeah, started and, and um, finished with him. I um, I met Dave Walker when I was sort of coming out of this kind of fog. I sort of met Dave Walker and um, we got him great. And um, he sort of really helped me bring it all together and push it over the line. So um, his label, Green South Records, is a really great sort of um, local Victorian um, label that really sort of pushes things that are sort of on the fringes, really good music that's sort of on the fringe that needs to be um, highlighted happily, yep. happily on the fringe, but you know, yeah, does does um, a really great job. Sort of, so, so he sort of he sort of put put it all together and recorded, you know, at least half of it, more than half of it, and um, Jeff ended up sort of um, mixing it. So it all sort of went full circle, and we and we sort of got it over the line, which was really great. But um, yeah, so it's. It's, it's not a ma- it's, not, it's never a matter of um, songs with me. I've always got the songs, but um, it's just life gets in the way. Like when when life is going smoothly, yeah, I can put out a couple of records a year for years, you know. But when life gets in the way, you can't do anything. You know, you just have to deal with what you can deal with. And um, yeah, is it, is it like um, you hit a, a writer's block or you just lost motivation? What happened? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I've, I never have writer's block. I've got, I've got so many songs. I could, I could, I could if, as long as life doesn't get in the way, I could record a couple of records a year. Yeah. And um, you know, as long as I can sell enough to make enough money to make the next record, that sort of, I can actually do that because most people are, are, are sort of it's the material that they're, that they're sort of looking for. But um, yeah, with me it was just a, a matter of not having the sort of um will to go on for a while there. I just had to have a bit of a have a bit of a break and sort of because um, it takes a lot of energy you know the, the recording is one thing it's the it's the press and the and the putting it out there and all that stuff that you need to be fairly well energized to be able to do it yeah well thanks for talking Yeah, talking about Matt Walker here about his new album, Ghosting. Good to me. Yeah, <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> I've put, I'll be, I'll put the press badge on and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and count, yeah. count you with all these private questions. Yeah. But, um, 
So, you, look, you're regarded as a cult figure. I mean, um, <laughs> which is a pretty nice thing to be regarded as. Is that, is that good to be a cult figure? Plus, yeah. I would have thought that was a bit dodgy, but... Yeah, and I'm, I hope they're making bronze statues of you down in Geelong. But, um, <laughs> the, um, so, so, I mean, being a, a cult figure and then bringing out a, a really emotional, personal album, um, that's almost like a blood-on-the-track type thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot of references to Blood in the Tracks with um, my guitarist tuned to the open, same open tuning and Jeff Lang's playing the bass. <laughs> so, yeah, there was definitely a lot of um, sort of just a, a, a tip of the hat to Blood in the Tracks on this record. Yeah, well, it's, it's not a bad thing to um, to take as a, as a bass. Uh, it was fireports, yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, um, um, well, we're both big fans, but so we sort of couldn't help. We couldn't sort of help. But, yeah. That was another reason that some of the songs were, were so sort of close to the bone that it took me a while to get the nerve to sort of play them to anyone. So yeah. that, was another, that was another reason it took a while, but um, eventually you've just got to trust your instincts and um, be brave and, and do these things and hope that, um, that they resonate because you've taken a bit of a chance, you know. Yeah, look, um, I read something, and I'm not sure it's in one of the songs, but Something where you said about this album that honesty will never be cool. What did you mean by that? Um, I don't know. Um, I can't remember saying that, but um, I definitely Maybe. don't think honesty. What is Oscar Wilde says? You know, on um, sincerity is you know like to honesty is 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 um is stupid and sincerity is absolutely deadly or something like that. He says. Yes. You know, it's like well, a lot of a lot of Especially music these days, I think they um, they over emote the vocal. There's too much sort of over singing. Yeah. But then they try to take all the human elements out of it. They try to produce it so you can't hear any of the human. Yeah. So it's one extreme to the other, which I find like I guess that is a fear of honesty. That's a fear of some kind of they want they they want sort of this sort of no warts and all. Yeah, I also want sort of the the singing to be so sort of angelic and ethereal that it doesn't even sound like a human anymore. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's what I mean by that. It's that um having things sort of you know um, too sort of um not what the word is, but sort of you know just a straight up sort of a sound that will be the same if you're sitting in the in the audience as if you're you know listening to the CD. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be that impressive to people. But um, I just prefer. You know, I generally sort of prefer music to sort of sound a bit more sort of um, honest like that, I guess. If that's honest, I don't know. No, I, th I think it is. I mean, that's the sort of thing I look for. Um, mm. It's not mainstream. Um, although um, you did do some work with Livingston Daisies, where which was some great work. Um, and that was um, poppy, um, you know, harmonies. And I guess... Yeah. You know, I mean... And, it's great stuff. I mean, it gives you a great feeling, and um, that's what pop music does. But uh, I mean, it doesn't get under the surface sometimes. No, well, that, and that kind of pop music was pop music in the '60s, really. You know, it hasn't. Yeah. Pop music hasn't really sounded like that since you know for fifty odd years or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, even the Livingston Daisy stuff was recorded. I mean, we didn't record any of them records in a studio. We recorded them in beach shacks. Yeah, and. Um, you know, we didn't even use headphones all the time. We worked out how we could sing 
and still be able to hear ourselves coming out, the, you know, the other recording. We could we could put these double or triple layered harmonies yeah. without using even headphones. So even the music like that, which is the as schmick as, as I get, is still very sort of um, organic or if you want to call it. It's still very sort of raw and, yeah, a lot of people I know, and you're probably the same, just... That's just the kind of music I love. I, I love music where you can hear the person breathing, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want, want my music to be kind of sort of doctored. You know, not, not my own music or the music I listen to. I don't want it to be doctored. No. So you can't hear the person anymore. I actually love hearing the... <laughs> I love hearing the, the the chair squeak and the, you know, the fingers on the strings, all that kind of stuff I think is kind yeah. of... That's the kind of um, texture of, of the music. I love it, yeah. Yeah, well, well, with me, if I when I'm looking for artists to play on my show, I'd, I often go back and listen to the first album because I know that'll have the raw edge. <laughs> yeah, because it just gets a bit thicker every time. Yeah, and then and then, um, and then you end up becoming stadium rock uh, people. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah then, there's a certain power there, but um, you really sort of lose some other power. Yeah, um, and I think you know. In the eighties, when and it's like any time, whenever this sort of new technology comes along, the the, the um, danger is always to abuse it, to use it and abuse it, and then look back and go, "Oh my God, all them eighties records and the drum sound! Like, why did they do that?" You know, yeah. but they thought that that drum sound sounded really powerful. And then yeah. in the nineties, they realised, wait up, the power is actually with the with the with the, with the people in the band. The human thing is the powerful thing. But again, it seems like at the moment we've forgotten that again and we've gone back to the toys and we're going, oh my God, this is... And even the fashions, even the haircuts. Like, don't, don't you guys remember the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> don't you remember? You kind of regret this. But anyway, that's the cool thing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and um, look, I guess, um, well, well, none of this music is going to be mainstream, but that's its the charm, I guess, as well. Um, yeah, I think that's a good thing. Some people say that to me that my music doesn't age badly because it's not that sort of trendy to start with. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I, and I'm happy with that, yeah. Now, I mean, and I'm not going back to your past, but, you know, you used to, as you said, you, you write a lot of songs all the time. Mm. Which is like a, a channeling thing, is it for you? Um, or is this? Oh so, yeah. Is this sort of album? I mean, I'm just going back to Bob Dylan. You know, he said he couldn't write the songs he wrote in his early twenties. He just no. knew who that person was. Um, no. It's just like it's just like a, a, a genius that flew out of him, and he's still doing it but in his late seventies. Yeah. He, he does it sort of differently now, but um, yeah. If he, if he tried to do it, that's probably what he's saying. If he if he tried to. Yes, he probably could, but there'd be something very wrong there. I mean, yes. he did sort of, you know, after the 60s, he did like an album like Infidels that has that song Joker Man, and that's very, lyrically very um, much like his his sort of 60s stuff. So he does sort of come back and forth, but I, I guess what he's saying is you can't try. As soon as you try, you sort of, uh, you're just sort of caricaturing yourself, so... um. And that's why I think the channeling is right, is that you, you sort of just get into a mood, um, and if you write a lot of songs and you and you write sort of simple songs, like I sort of write very simple songs, yeah. you can kind of um, write, you can come up with lots of ideas, and you sort of, I play a lot of sort of word games where I just, 
I'll just try to get a, a melody going and then I'll sort of, I wonder what that sort of melody sounds like in a sentence. Yeah. And I get that sentence and then I try to make sense of I get sort of some lines going and I try to just to justify them, make sense of it. That's interesting. And then you yeah. come up with these silly songs. People say, why'd you write that for? And you, and you think, I have no idea. <laughs> no well, idea where that comes from. Which is great. I mean, I love that one you did years ago, Picture in a Frame. Um, yeah, oh, cheers. I always drag that one out and um, it, it makes me feel good. Um, yeah, oh, that's like great. The melody and everything else. But, but mm. this newer stuff, I mean, I've written down here, um, I was going to get, put you in the genre box and uh, I was going to say uh, folk, blues, rock, what. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've got the word poet. So, because oh. what you're describing is like you start off with a melody and then you fit the words. But when I listen to this uh, ghosting album, I'm almost hearing someone writing poetry or, or writing stories. Mm. Well, you definitely write stories because, yeah, you try to justify the, um, the sort of the, the, the sort of nucleus of the, of the, um, of the idea is usually, well, if something sounds like something, then your imagination can sort of make, can make sense of it and sort of justify it. And you, you do that in a, you know, three verses or a, however long it sort of takes. But yeah, still sort of in a in a tight kind of a um, the tight kind of a um, what do you call it the uh, the uh, the structure of the song. Like you can't yeah. really it's not as free as a novel or or even a poem. Poems can be extremely open structurally. Yeah, but songs kind of can't be. I think that just that encourages your imagination and your skill with words or whatever. To so how do I make this story? within the, the confines of the structure. So I think it's, it's all working backwards. So when someone hears it, it sounds like, oh my God, well, how did they know to sing that to start with to get to the end there? But the singer or the writer is actually probably doing it back backwards and getting yeah. that. Sometimes you write a song and, you, and you're singing it and then all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, the last verse is actually the first verse. And you, yeah. you shift it all around and it all makes perfect sense. But doesn't to the writer for a long time you know I, I, I laugh a lot when I'll have lots of demos of songs and um, sometimes I'll listen back to the you know one of the first demos and you think you're, you're not really singing it correctly and you wonder how you didn't realize how obvious that was you know <laughs> it, it's losing my best friend Yeah, talking and listening to uh, Van Walker from his new album, Ghosting, on the Solid Dog Blues and Roots.
actually, when I first sang this song, it was, um, it was, you know, it was a much more awkward and weird than it become. But um, it, I think a lot of the work is to just to get it to be more straight, <laughs> to make yeah. it more normal. Yeah. You know, a lot of people work on a, a hook too. Um, I'm not talking, of, you know, a, a, a musical hook, but a um, you know a phrase or a saying that says something, mm. and then they try and work that song. In, in, or the, you know that 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 the hook into the song and build yeah. a song. But um, I mean, I, I don't know if that's something you do. Although I think yours is more lyrical than than just relying on the hook. Yeah, you, I think you just sort of what I do is I write down all everything that I'm interested in, and then I just let it sort of marinate. And yeah. sometimes it takes like years before you have a you have a tune and you start to go oh that lyrical idea and then you go through all the books and you yeah. find it and you go, yay, it works, it fits, you know. It works. <laughs> and um, a lot of the times it's just sitting around in your head and you just have to be patient and kind of um, wait and some things never find a home. But um, yeah, it's a sort of a, it's, a, it's definitely a process, yeah. And in, in, your, in the press kit that Annie and others sent out, you had all the lyrics. Um, so you, you got to publish those separately or something will go with the book? So with the album, yeah, it, it comes with the album. So we went to a, a, you know, the album being such a large album, we um we did quite a lot of work to make sure it even fit on yeah. a CD. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, we got it really. Um, Phil George from Greenhouse Records did a really great job getting that sort of um balance there and um making it all flow really well. And there, there's a big um lyric book in there. So yeah, I've only got. I've only got the digital version. That's that's why I'm. I'm yeah, you need to get the actual CD because yeah, there's a there's a good um, lyric book in there. Yeah, people don't send them out too often anymore. But <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I'll send you one. <laughs> yeah, you want the you want the real you want the real thing, don't you? The real thing. No, uh, you want the real technology, uh, <laughs> real medium rather than the music. Oh, anyway, that's another argument. Uh, yeah. Now, now, when I when I see you next at a, at a gig or a festival. That'll be three years away. Three years away, I'll give you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> put it in your bag now because it'll be, who knows when that's going to be. Yeah, well, by the time it comes along, I'll be feel, feeling very happy and generous. Don't worry. That's right. We all will. <laughs> we, we all will. Be yeah. very thankful to kiss in the dirt. Yeah, for sure. Now, you, you put a number of albums out on you or songs out on YouTube. Um, yeah. Or Long Night's Journey. When you were mine, drifting too far from shore, and there's a lot of other great mm. tracks. Why those four? What? Why? Why was the um, the focus on those? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I've never really done film clips before, and I think, um, especially with the acoustic stuff, I sort of I wonder whether um, not only do they need film clips, but because they're story songs, narrative songs, I don't really want to mess with the imagery that you get from you know listening to it. You know, you can really you can really do a song or any sort of thing, sometimes books as well, you can do them a really justice by forcing images yep. onto, onto people because people, the whole point is that people have their own their own image that you don't want to mess with. So I've, I've sort of never really done that. And um, the, because, I think because of the lockdown, I don't, I'm not sure, or maybe just these, the songs that were chosen, it were, or maybe just that I've got a new phone and you're able to like, record film clips on your phone. <laughs> Yeah, a, yeah, you know, never able to do before. Um, but yeah, I think that I think the songs were picked 
because they were they were you know I, I don't you know the, the, my label allows me to do you know we have a certain amount of discussion but they allow me to follow my sort of um, instincts and um, they were the songs that I just wanted to, to release in that order and um, there's still going to be a few more the, the record is um, out officially on Friday but there will be a couple more um, film clips that are coming so um, yeah yeah I think they're just the songs that I wanted to wanted to sort of um, slowly sort of drip feed these songs into sort of uh, allow people to um, get an idea what the, of what the record was going to be about but obviously I can't put all the songs out there and that's one of the things that uh, the feedback I've had from the record is people saying the record is very different from what you might imagine from them songs and songs are sort of pieces but there's 15 of these pieces and yeah um, I'm glad that people sort of responded positively to the whole piece because it, it does have sort of a continuity to it I hope yeah, for sure. But and, and releasing, um, I mean, everybody's doing that, which is the new way. I guess you trip feed everything until you finally release it. Um, mm. All the time on streaming services, you get one song, and it, uh, it builds up momentum. And same with YouTube videos, and which, which is a good way to do it because I mean, um, in the past you just put an album out, bang, there it is. And of course, there's another one coming tomorrow, but yeah, it like not like that so much anymore. No, you you. Collaborated with a lot of people on this album. Um, I mean, some of the names I know, obviously Jeff Lang. Um, I see Ash Davies is there. Um, Ezra Lee. Um, oh, that's the Heartbroken's record. Um, no, well, I thought I thought it came up, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the Heartbroken's. Is that from Jeff and um, Ezra Sorry, Lee? But Jeff's on this one on the Ghosting record, and um, Maddie Walker uh, from Los Ragas. Um, Matty Walker used to play with Ash Davies. Yes, I know that. I know, yeah. I know. And Shane Riley. Shane Riley plays with Matty now in um, the Lost Ragas. Correct, yeah. And um, Brendan McMahon, who yes. I think he plays with Tracy McNeil nowadays. He's a fantastic pianist. Yes, yes. Um, and a young guy called Mitch Dillon, who I met a few years ago at a gig. I think I met yes. him at the, the gig. The, we did a gig at the corner. We did like a replacement uh, sort of um, tribute gig at the corner. It was in, in Richmond the night that Richmond Tigers won their first premiership in thirty odd years. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was very in a very celebratory mode. Yeah, and I met this guy on stage. This young bloke, he's fantastic. And um, yeah, he's been playing bass with me. Um, there's a guy called Dan Muzzle who's a really great Dobro player from um, out in um, Ballara, out in um, well, he's not from Blarry, he's from, um, oh, not near Blarry, I can't remember now. But um, out that way, Central Gippsland. And I met yeah. him at a gig, and he said, oh, I've got a couple of your records. And I said, I'm actually looking for a Doppler player. And um, he actually, we got together at a gig, we'd never rehearsed before, and um, we just played a gig together. And after every every song, I just looked at him and just said, that's perfect, that's perfect. But, you know, couldn't believe it. So he's been, he's been a great... Um, a great find, it's great, been great fun playing with him, and I'm actually going to be playing with him this Friday, and we're going to do a live, a live stream on um, the lounge room session. Oh, that's great! Yeah. In fact, I wrote down in my notes here who was the Dobro player. Yeah, well, he's he, Sarah Carroll knows him, and a few people know him. He's, he's just fantastic. He's got a great, um, obviously, he's got a great technique and a facility, but also got a, which has got a lot to do with music. Is just his um. 
yeah, where his head's at is, is right. You know, he sort of he plays very um he's very sort of he listens and you know, he's um he's in it for the right reason, I think he's you can't go wrong with players like that. Yeah, it was great. Well, it certainly, uh, my ears picked up. It was a lot of good work. Um, yeah. I was yeah. thinking of, of the, I know there's, there's a lot of good Dobbo players around who do often pop up on records, so I mentioned them. But, so but that's it. Uh, he's got a lot of competition, you know. Like, yeah. But, but he's really up there, yeah. And, and look, on another track, you mentioned um, some of the notes I read and um, that, you know, men being able to, you know, put down their feelings and you mentioned the domestic violence and all the other stuff that goes with that. Um, I know I've been involved with a, a musical mentors group with um, musicians' mental health, especially during lockdown. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So I've been doing a few of those um, with the St Kilda crowd. But oh, um, good. What, what's, um, you know, what, what's been your experience, you know, in terms of opening up and, and how that affects your mental health and, and others? How did, that, how did it work for you? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I sort of, I've read a lot of books and I've, I've sort of, I've sort of understood this idea of like the, the male kind of is encouraged to be in control. The male is encouraged to kind of be the, the leader and the um, the leader can't ever be in doubt. The leader can't ever sort of say, oh, "I'm not sure what's going on here," or this is this is a kind of an encouraged um, I don't know what you call it. It's it's encouraged to males anyway, and it's, it's sort of it's not very healthy. It's definitely not practical. It doesn't ever work. Like nobody's ever 100 percent in control all the time or, or sure of anything. Yeah. And really, what we need to be encouraged to do, men and women, is to talk more. Yeah. And um, I think my situation, you know, my mental health was um, pretty pretty damaged there for a long time and um, it was pretty scary to sort of open up about it. But then I, th- I did understand that um, that is the only way to, to sort of recovery is to, is to um, open things up again and hopefully um, 
you take a risk like that, but it actually it will pay off. It will, you know, people will actually get something out of that. And I yeah. hope, hope that men are sort of encouraged to do that because the the the, the domestic violence and um, murders of women in Australia is probably Australia's biggest um, problem. Definitely its biggest problem at the moment, which really doesn't get enough attention because of the male, <laughs> again, controlling everything. But um, this really is something that is... Um, is, is, is our biggest concern in, in Australia is we need to really start talking and um, you, 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 you verbalise things, you don't, um, you, don't, you don't sort of shut everything up and then use your fists to express your um, pain, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, it's certainly a major problem and um, there's a lot of role or redefinition going on for people. I guess we're going through changing times, and that's that's a problem for people, and, and uh, not getting to understand. Well, being able to tell, uh, I guess, as to what, what their emotional reactions to things are, they they, they take the um, the view produced on um, on media. That's the correct way for a male to be, and obviously, there's other other ways to do things. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, well, and and ghosting. Why is it called ghosting? This new album. Ghosting is um is a term that um I first heard the term ghosting that my brother used to leave parties without saying goodbye. <laughs> and, um, you know, you'd just turn around and he'd just be gone. He'd be you know, he'd be off. And, yeah. um which we thought was quite weird, but um I think it's actually it is the best way to um leave a party. So I think if you leave a party if you say goodbye when you leave a party, the, the poor old everyone has to say goodbye and you know, it just just stops everyone from having fun, you know. Yeah, it's better just to make off now and cares, and you know, next time you see him, you think, yeah, where did you go? But um, yeah, that's the that's the that's the term ghosting is to disappear without sort of saying goodbye without giving any explanation, which is is always the sort of experience with um suicide. But it's like it can also be the um can also be the experience of um relationships breaking breaking down and um sudden departures. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and even harder to understand um, uh, when that sort of thing occurs. Well, you don't get a right reply, so you you you're sort of left in. A, you don't have anywhere to to start sort of rebuilding. You have no idea. No, that's right. Where that's to right. start? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, or ghosting. I hadn't used that term. Um, I hadn't used that term before, but it's a good one. Mm. Yeah. 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 And. With, with the, with the, I mean, you've played always at bands. You've got a lot of collaboration on this album, but um, you mentioned earlier that you, you know, when you're out, when we can actually go and play a lot, you're doing a solo. Is that correct? A solo tour. Well, you, you're doing, you're playing mostly solo nowadays. But when you, when you can. Um, I sort of play. Sometimes I play solo, duo, trio. I do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But it's, but it's always um, advertised as to what I what I'll do. Yeah. But um, yeah, the heartbreakers before it's lockdown, we're doing festivals and doing our show around Melbourne, and um, yeah, it's, I, I I sort of change it up. I'd write lots of songs, so yeah, I like that. I like to have a lot of bands to be able to play different styles of music. So yeah, you know, too bored with the same old thing. Yeah. And um, where, where did this come from? The waters in Tasburnie, Tasmania? Was uh, all this musical talent? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying that because I'm from Burnie, Tasmania too. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I started pretty late. I'm sort of a bit of a late, slow learner, but um, I, it, it ends up being that I've got a lot of material saved up because, because you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't start making records until I was about 27. Wow. We always, we always thought that 27 was the dangerous age because so many musicians die at 27. That's right. I thought the way, the way to get around that curse is to don't don't do anything until you turn until you're over twenty seven. Then you then you're free to go hard. <laughs> Avoiding strategy, but it worked. It worked, yeah. Yeah, yeah denial was my denial is my friend. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Make it work for you. That's what I say. Um, and I, yeah, we well, can't with my my sake, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, thanks again for some talk about the material. I'll um, be able to get this together, a whole lot of tunes, and put out the interview. It would be great. Yeah, cheers. It's a good interview. Yeah, and, and you're going to um, uh, promote this? How, is it going to be streaming promotion online? Or? Yeah, it would just be all online, you know. But um, at the same time, I've been, I've been managing to sell pre-sales. I've sold all the singles um, online. So it's been a good sort of um, eye-opening experiences to sort of say, well, maybe the old models of, you know, slogging it around the country, maybe they're not even the best models anymore for the modern world. But I'll definitely also get out there and do them tours and and gigs because, um, you know, love it. And I, you know, want to see everybody as well. So yeah, yeah. I think a bit of both. But, um, yeah, no, once we're all out back out there, it'll be a bit of a... That's going to be the weird thing is how the world doesn't know how to lock down, but the world also doesn't know how to unlock down. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a real onslaught. Well, so. it's, it's interesting that people keep saying, oh, things will change, it's going to be a new normal, and, mm. and everybody's scratching their head, and there will be new ways of doing music, and I don't think it's going to be all bad, but... Um, yeah, that's it. It's certainly going through this transition, uh, a forced transition, there's a lot of people hurting, but... Um, for sure, for sure. Hopefully the other side will... Um, we will uh, work out for a lot of people. That's I think I think artists and musicians, are, if anything, they're adaptable. Yeah. We, we know sure. constantly if you want to survive, you just got to be able to find a way. So. Well, you don't. You don't pick the being an artist for the stability, do you? No, um, not at all. <laughs> you'd, you'd be mad. <laughs> anyway, well, it's been great talking with you, Van. And good um, on you, mate. Thank you. Love your work, and uh, we'll look forward to just getting around and getting out onto the uh, interwebs and um, people grabbing hold of it. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Thanks so much. Yeah, I've been talking with uh, Ramblin' Van Walker uh, about his new album, Ghosting, and um, and all things uh, writing and playing. Get onto Google, you can track him down um, where to, to see and uh, buy this album. It's a great piece of work. So I'll leave you with a track uh, I Remember You on the Dog, Solid Dog Blues and Roots.
that seem to place the very 